If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joe. And we're back at you with another movie review this week. As you know, Suicide Squad just came out, brought to you by James Gunn and Warner Brothers. Not necessarily a reboot, not necessarily a sequel, kind of a mix. Just kind of trying to redo things for the Suicide Squad franchise. And don't forget, there will be spoilers, as is tradition. If you're new, pretty much spoilers for every episode. If you're with us, you know damn well we don't need to warn you. So, Joe, Suicide Squad, pretty much volume two kind of a fresh take on the characters we saw him back in what 2016 somewhere around there who knows that movie sucked ass was this one any better for you it is better so the movie is directed by james gunn like you said he's the director that did guardians of the galaxy so they let him go and in many ways the movies are pretty similar except that this one has an R rating, and so I feel like they gave Gunn a lot more creative freedom than he did with Marvel. At some points in the movie, I felt like he kind of took advantage of that situation. It felt extra. Yeah. But there are a lot of similarities. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like the character setup was kind of similar, but outside of that, the movie was pretty profane. I do like that it focused mostly on action and comedy, though, as opposed to the last movie that just kind of was like a hodgepodge of a bunch of bullshit. Shit. Like it was like a half drama, half like action comedy. Like it, it was just a bunch of nonsense. It was like the Lord of the Rings through like fucking office buildings mixed with like violence. It was, yeah, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> there was too many uh, hands in the pot, so it was a lot more linear this time. It, it it felt more cohesive as a movie, so I did think it was better than the first one. Yeah, I agree with you. So I like the fact too that this was more of a Task Force X. You know, we're a government agency. It was kind of more true to the comics. I feel. I feel like. The the last one was just like, oh, ancient dancing witch woman is our villain. Oh, how did we happen across this kind of type deal? This was more like, yo, we're going to subvert, you know, another country like in the name of the United States, but secretly. So we're going to send disposable villains to go do it. And I like that Amanda Waller was a big old bitch. She didn't give a shit about anyone's feelings, you know, blackmailing uh, uh, Bloodsport with his daughter going to prison. You know, I really liked that it was ruthless and it was kind of true to like how Task Force X should be. Um, I like that it was a hodgepodge group, too. Like, uh, when we start the film, you know, after they kind of show the ensemble, who's here, who's not, when they're actually invading the beach, when it starts. I like that it's like, you know what, we're in a straight-up mission. They're being supervised. You know, there's actual tactical prowess and stuff involved. And I like that it just devolves into shit right off the get-go. Because, like, it kind of hypes it up like, oh, you know, this is about to be a cool action sequence. They're about to go take shit over. It's a bunch of supervillains. It'll be fine. Davidson lasted all five minutes. I know. <laughs> and so did like all of them. Michael Rooker, he was a pussy. He fl tried to float into the ocean. He got blown the fuck up. That was actually kind of sick. So this movie's pretty gory, honestly, but I liked it. 
like it's real deal. Like that's what would happen. We don't see that in the comics. We don't see Pete Davidson's face getting blown into. We don't see the heads blowing up nearly a much. Like they threatened it and they showed it with what's his name Slipknot in the old movie, but he was a pussy and it was like less cool. Seeing Michael Rooker Savant's head getting blown up when he was out in the ocean, that was sweet. Also, just Weasel <laughs> jumping out of the helicopter from the get and like drowning was hilarious to me because I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Like off rip, like oh shit, Weasel's already down nobody can nobody checked if he could swim and it's just like i loved weasel dude he was creepy as fuck he was honestly my favorite character (laughs) only attack children (laughs) 27 of them bro he's a sociopath (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say a word to nobody else either but yeah no i agree with you completely the cast was a lot better for those that don't know the suicide squad is a group of villains assembled by amanda waller and viola davis just kills it she's a really good actress and i think she made the perfect Amanda Waller. Um, These villains are already in jail, so she just sends them on missions with the uh, incentive that she'll take time off their sentence in jail or prison or whatever. All the the members of the Suicide Squad have a bomb in their head, so she can detonate them at any time. So the first movie was basically her first batch of villains, and moving forward, there's many generations to come. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is like the only one who really stayed with the group, kind of like the core of it, but I really like the cast. I like Margot better in real movies as opposed to blockbusters like this, but she's still pretty good. Furthermore, I love the chemistry and dynamic between uh, like John Cena as Peacemaker and Elba as Bloodsport. Both of them really fucking nailed it. Even if it's not my favorite movie, Bloodsport actually did one hell of a job, dude. He kind of replaced Will Smith's role as Deadshot. Yeah. And being the leader of the group, he did a much better job in my opinion. I'm glad that they didn't just throw away like the foundation even though that was a really shitty movie because they can just go right into the plot you know what I mean everybody knows what the Suicide Squad is now and then they can just start right on the island it kind of just fast forward at the beginning right to the plot and I kind of I enjoyed that take on it yeah and to your point I really did enjoy the characters as well you know controversial I'll probably touch on it more after I'm gonna go through a few characters but Harley Quinn better than the first movie still not good in my opinion yep you know what I don't know what it was. It ties into another point I'm also going to make. Look, I'm all over the place. I could say my piece on a bunch of things about this movie. And I think it was a decent movie. But I also think that, like you said earlier, like when off the top, James Gunn got a lot of leash on this movie. One, because they thought he was a big get as a director. Two, you can just tell during the movie, like there was a lot of action, a lot of comedy, a lot of, you know, good pacing, linear. And then he just kind of derail it for a minute to try and do like a personal like character piece. In the middle, there's two, namely with King Shark later in the movie with those weird creatures. Like, what the fuck was that about? And they're in his shape. Unnecessary. Oh, King Shark has friends. Okay, whatever, dude. That's silly. And then don't get me fucking started on Harley Quinn wanting to shag the Corto Maltese dictator guy. What the fuck was that about? So what? She saw a, like, you know, a fairly relatively attractive Hispanic guy. And she's like, oh my God, you're the love of my life. You're such a sociopath. And they do the whole fucking scene and they do the whole oh my god we fucking hang out with parakeets and what what was the point of like the 10 minute interlude of her having a one day fling with this guy just to shoot him was that actually supposed to pay off and make me laugh or was that like to show that like oh my god she's a normal girl but she's also still a crazy woman whoa is this like why why did we add that whole scene and it had the weird songs and the shagging and the why just for it all to be cut out I didn't like it at all and then when she's escaping she's got perfectly 
actually fine. She's shooting everybody up. Badass moment. I like it. I'm like, you know what? That's Harley Quinn. That makes sense. And starts going down the hallway, shooting up like all the troops coming at her. Why were flowers shooting out of the back of her in slow motion while she's yelling? What? Why? And then she leaves the room. The flowers are still floating and the weird song's still playing. And it's just like, stop taking the surrealist shit and cramming it in there and just make a grounded movie about a bunch of supervillains shooting people. You know what I mean? The movie gripped me a lot more at the beginning. And then they started adding like, like the surrealist stuff like too much. Almost like when Polka Dot Man's mom started being shown. How about you just let him mention that like he sees his mom everywhere and it's kind of a funny gag. You showed his mom on different things three different times. We get it. That's what I mean by he was taking it too far. Like it was like this running joke that like he hates his mom and like pictures like other people that he's out to destroy as his mother. And it wasn't even like funny. It was just kind of obscure and bizarre. It was kind of funny off rip. But then they like, you know, it's like, when do you let the bit rest? Like, I'm sure I could be bit killer Jones here and run my own bits into the ground. I'm sure you've all heard them. But like, you got to know when to cut bait on like a bit. And they made it like his whole story, which I get, whatever. It's fine, I guess. But also I'm going to come back and say Bloodsport and uh, John Cena, the redeeming factors of this film. That's what the first movie was missing because there was no chemistry between any of the characters. And like you said, there was like the witch nobody gave a fuck about. And there was plenty of other characters that I've already forgotten. And so it just <laughs> like, <laughs> there was nothing really to it. And for these characters also being obscure, at least you cared about some of them or they had like reason to like not like each other and like each other, etc. So I don't know. I think that he brought more life to the characters. Yeah, and John Cena. So like, I don't know if y'all all know if I've brought it up. I was a big wrestling guy growing up. So obviously 2004, John Cena is like my heyday. And, you know, I'm pulling for him and The Rock and whoever. Not really Batista, though. He's fucking annoying. But, uh, you know, The Rock and John Cena hold a special place in my heart. So especially seeing John Cena be Peacemaker, uh, you know, pretty much the inspiration for the comedian in Watchmen. Uh, You know, somebody who loves peace so much that he's willing to fight for it and kill for it. Even women and children. I thought was badass because that all comes full circle. I'm jumping ahead here. Towards the end, when he needs to grab that file for Waller, that was hardcore, dude. That was probably some of the best part of the whole movie is that side plot so Amanda Waller tells Peacemaker that really they need to go to this island because they need to retrieve that file that shows that the American government was involved in capturing the big bad of this movie which is Starro so I liked that they chose Starro as the big bad yeah Um, he's an alien starfish for people that don't know and they found him floating in space what people may not know is he's the first ever villain of the Justice League in comic books so the first appearance of justice league in brave and the bold 28 is them fighting starro and so i actually think starro is a little overpowered for the suicide squad i yeah. thought you know that that's actually a pretty cool villain for them to put in there um so that being said what did you think of how they handled starro i mean it's fine for the sake of the movie i think honestly starro was pretty true to himself for the most part i mean obviously we're not going with starro was captured by you know u.s astronauts and was just like cheesing and they brought him to earth more so just like a extraterrestrial starfish who conquers things and made his way here but i do really like the fact that they you know held true he has like his mini like spores that attach to people's faces and makes them like an extension of himself i loved that 
So, you know, they had like a whole zombie Starro holding ground like underneath. That was badass. He is basically a kaiju for lack of a better term, like just a giant fucking starfish who wants to, you know, attack shit. So I thought that was cool too. I think the way they handled him was cool. Like you said, I mean, this is outside of the Suicide Squad's ranks. You know, I guess how they tied things up. I mean, it's a stretch, but you can at least see how it happened, I suppose. I like that Waller basically just wanted the file that showed that the Americans were involved in capturing him because once they retrieve that file, Starro breaks loose on the whole fucking city and Amanda Waller's just like, okay, guys, it's time to come home. And they're like, shouldn't we like take care of this? And she says, no, get your ass back home. So I thought that was kind of cool. The only sad part is like Harley Quinn takes this javelin and pokes him in the eye, which is like the middle of his body. And she's swimming in it because it's so deep. And then fucking rat bitch sends a (laughs) bunch of rats at him and like that takes him down for some reason but anyway through his mini starros that are attached to like all the different people uh running around because the city's on fire so to speak he basically said i was happier in space even he's like not here to just wreck stuff he's just here because they brought him here and i I thought that was kind of sad yeah dude he was like prisoned for 30 years or whatever down there just getting poked and prodded by uh you know big bemis over there with all his fucking usb sticks poking out of his head like that pissed me off too so <laughs> poor guy i mean he's kind of justified in this case but yeah uh, <laughs> is he really a villain right <laughs> yeah starro was right <laughs> but uh, cool but <laughs> but yeah so i mean you know plot wise i mean you know relatively thin you know it's basically relatively good guys team up to go stop subvert you know fight bad guy whoop de doo but i really thought that the character work is kind of what made the movie shine not all the characters were necessary or cool but the ones that were good were very good what's cool too is even the characters that were good there was no limit as to who could die at any point of time yeah you didn't know who or when or if. And I, I appreciated that because people were getting picked off left and right. I mean, off rip, like the whole beach squad up at the top was just toast. Even Peacemaker, when he goes mano y mano, I, sad, bro. I didn't think that they had it in him to shoot John Cena in the neck. That pissed me off, dude. I wanted him to win, dude. Me too. I was always rooting for Peacemaker the whole time. Yeah, he was cool. He was sick, dude. Real life superhero. I'm watching that on HBO Max, dude. His series is gonna be lit speaking of that any last thoughts before we go to the post credit scenes I will just say one more thing. Rick Flag, way better in this movie than the first one. Had some personality. Personality, likable, cool. And then I thought it was crazy that he died. Yeah. Like, he's always in the, the Suicide Squad. He's in their first appearance as Colonel Rick Flag, which I have, by the way. That's a good book, too. Brave and the Bull 25, bro. But, you know what? Plug. But, you know. <laughs> plug talk. <laughs> plug talk. But, you know, like, it, I thought, it, like you said, like, anybody was available. You know, the only person who's really off limits is Harley Quinn. I read something yeah exactly she was the only one that when he got offered the job from dc i don't know if it's true or not i could just be spreading bullshit but that they told him he could basically do anything that he wanted and he chose suicide squad part of the reason being is he felt that superheroes were kind of like plot proof like they can't die you know what i mean they'll they'll always survive whatever circumstance they're in and so he kind of took that pretty seriously in the movie 
if that's how he really felt about it. Yeah, I agree to that. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm sure there's things here and there I'm probably forgetting. But you know what? Yeah, let's get into the post credit stuff. Okay, so the first one has to do with the weasel you were talking about. Okay, so I've seen this one. I don't know if I saw the second one, to be real with you. So you're going to have to fill me in on that one. The weasel shit brought a smile to my face because weasel's goofy as all fuck. And especially when Pete Davidson was like, is this thing a dog? I don't know. That was stupid and cheap, but it got me to chuckle. Like there were times in this movie where I got genuine chuckles out loud and that doesn't happen at a Marvel movie or most superhero movies in general. And they were cheap, stupid laughs, but they were effective laughs. I mean, they did try to cram too much humor in there, but a lot of those failed. But you know, that's a side point. But back to the weasel. I like that he, (laughs) it's been like a whole day or two or whatever, bro. And he's just coughed up like some water and just got up and walked into the wilderness dude what's he gonna do that's what i didn't understand like out of the whole fucking movie like that's the post credit scene (laughs) it's like he didn't add anything to the movie (laughs) and then they come full circle with it (laughs) it's just like okay so what's the point of bringing him back to life it's gotta lead up to something and if it doesn't that's fucked dude i know he better be involved in something dude like even if it's just like in one of the next dc movies i need to see a new newspaper that says like weasel creature attacks corto maltese <laughs> it's like 10 children dead or something like that it was like wh- where did the weasel go bro like honestly they should have followed the weasel pop, definitely yeah dude pop goes a weasel he's lit i want to see more weasel dude that, yeah that's all i know i'll pound the table for well, weasel I'm thinking he might show in HBO's new series coming up with uh, Peacemaker. True. Well, I think that's a prequel. So who is the weasel uh, going to be involved? That would be hilarious if the weasel was in the prequel as well. <laughs> well, actually, I don't think it's a prequel because the second post credit scene, which I didn't watch, but I, I circled back to because I heard there was a second post credit scene and I watched like a snippet of it on YouTube or something. And so John Cena is laying in a hospital bed and he's being rehabilitated. No shot? Yep. And so he's unconscious, but there's people in the room and they're like, why are we trying to bring him back to life? And he's just like, we need him for more missions. And so that's why I was thinking that was going to lead into the HBO series. Oh, it totally is then. Holy shit. I missed this. This is news to me and I'm here for it, dude. So that's why I was thinking both post-credit scenes may be leading into his new miniseries, which is supposed to be on HBO and January 2022. So if that's real, I should probably watch it before I start spreading more fake shit. But if that's true, that's the move. Yeah. Like if I didn't see it with my own two eyes, I don't know. Must have missed it somewhere. That brings me such joy to know that he survived the movie. But if it is true, that's cool. Because like the golden rule in movies is if you don't actually see them like dead through and through, they might not actually be dead. And so I think that if uh, that's the move, then uh, that was pretty well done because I thought he was dead in the movie true yeah i mean shoot is there anything else you want to talk about i think that sums up my piece of this movie no i i think that's everything so i guess the last thing would just be ratings uh what would you rate it let me preface it with not a bad movie at all not the best movie for reasons i've stated so just kind of to recap I thought there was very good action. There was good humor, good comedy, pretty straight pacing plot for what plot there was. You know, it was pretty good pace. 
Um, I liked the gore. Honestly, I thought it was kind of refreshing for a movie of Suicide Squad's kind of genre. Like I said, the surreal kind of shit and, you know, the weird character pieces in the middle of a film where, you know, they're just murdering people kind of took me out of it in spots. But uh, for DC movies, pretty good. For better than the first one, that's for damn sure. But as a movie in total, probably seven, seven and a half at most. That, by my standards, is not a bad movie. That's an enjoyable flick. You watch once, you talk about it with your buddies, and you close the book on that. So, I mean, you know, C-plus average about, whatever. What do you say? I'm right there with you. So I said 7 out of 10, but I could be talked into a 7.5. Because honestly, when I watched it, I didn't like it. But when I sat and thought about it, it, it sat well with me. I understand that the criminals are inmates, but they swear way too often than they need to. Some of the moments, I'm sure you could say the same thing about CBJ, but a lot of the moments just felt immature or like cringy. In addition to that, even though the cast and overall tone is a lot better, the movie is still a bit over the top in a lot of places, like I was saying, so I can't really recommend the movie. It's better than a lot of the other DC movies, but it's still not my style, but just because it's not my style doesn't make it a bad movie. I thought the action scenes were really, really well done and felt very comic book-like, so I Mm -hmm. did appreciate that. There was a, I don't, there was something to the scenes that made it feel more like a comic book than some of the other DC stuff. So I did appreciate his attention to detail there. I do want to jump in on that real quick, not to cut you off, but I even mentioned that to Jazz when we were watching it. The fact that like off rip too, they were all wearing goofy comic book costumes the entire time just about. That made me really happy because I told her, I was like, this feels like a comic book. Like the Javelin at the beginning, he had that big flamboyant costume. Polka Dot Man looked goofy as shit. Savant, everybody had a costume on and that, you know, in an era where we make realistic costumes for characters, specifically in Marvel films, these were just campy, goofy costumes for the most part. Um, everybody looked like how they pretty much would in the comics nowadays, and I appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. So I did appreciate that he brought some abstract characters to the big screen too, but I feel like the movie could have gone without some of them. I felt like he was kind of bringing some of them just to be obscure or using them as like a way of finding some kind of comedic relief in the story um so that i wasn't really a fan of like i couldn't give a fuck about polka dot p or rat bitch they didn't really add anything to the movie for me i mean she was a nice girl and everything but like i don't know it was better than some of the cast like that fire dude in the the first movie um, oh my god, yeah, he sucked. Yeah, so it was better than that, but it still was like, meh, I could have went without it. In the wise words of my buddy Charlie, who watched the movie with me, he kept me up because I I, I was falling asleep at some points of the movie, but it was like adding water to soup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a, yeah, in a way, I haven't really heard it put that way, but I smell what you're stepping in. Yeah, stinky. <laughs> so that's my final thoughts on it. Now, I know we told you that we were going to do a comic book this week the episode's done it's just burger and i have a terrible job of keeping track of all the movie releases so just because they're fresh we'd like to put those out for you first so again the next uh episode is going to be whatever happened to the man of tomorrow by alan moore it's a superman story so definitely stay tuned for that yeah and you know stay tuned to our socials as well instagram at cbj pod facebook at cbj podcast or just search comic book junkies you can find us on youtube you can find us on 
any podcast platform that you'd like to listen to. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell the postal workers, you know, the guy at Qdoba, who cares? Tell anybody you know who you think might like comic books. Feel free to reach out to us. We love hearing from you. We've been hearing from a lot more of you lately, and we do really appreciate that. We love talking to you, finding out what you like about our episodes, what you like about our topics, and what you think about the source material that we talk about. So, you know, keep up the interactivity. We love it. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your support. Later.